Hello everyone, it's so good to see you again. I hope you all are enjoying the fall weather and all the beautiful colors outside. It's just so gorgeous outside with all the uh, yellows and oranges and reds and greens. It's just such a beautiful time of the year. It's uh, time to be very thankful. Well, today I'm gonna to start out reading you a scripture. It's Colossians 1 verse three. Colossians 1 verse 3, it says, We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have had for all the saints. The faith and love that spring from the hope that is stored up for you in heaven and that you have already heard about in the word of truth, the gospel. I'm going to talk to you today about the hope of heaven. The hope of heaven. Did you know that 65 million people die each day in the world, each year, I'm sorry, each year in the world, 65 million people die every year in this, on the earth. That's 178,000 people die every day, 7,425 people die every hour, and 120 people die every minute on the earth. You know, when we die, our spirits go to heaven or they go to hell. And the Bible teaches that all of those who repent and uh, put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and, and confess that with their mouth, says that they're saved and they're going to be going to heaven and that that is a free gift. God has given us a free gift of eternal life. So I'm going to share today just a glimmer of what those who have eternal life will, will be able to experience in heaven. And as Christians, we all have this hope of heaven. You know, Billy Graham said, the moment we take our last breath on earth, we take our first breath in heaven. And I'm looking forward to that. I can't even comprehend what it's going to be like to be in heaven. But I know one thing for sure is it's going to be really, really, really good. So I'm just going to share a few things about heaven. Uh, there's no way possible I could share everything the Bible says about heaven in one session. But I'm going to share just a few highlights. The first thing is that heaven is God's dwelling place. <coughs> Excuse me. In Psalm 103, verse 19, 103, verse 19, and I'm reading out of the NIV today. It says, the Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. So God's throne is in heaven and that's where we're going. We're going to where God's throne is. The Bible also says that Jesus is preparing a place for us in heaven. In John 14, verse 1. It says, do not let your hearts be troubled. So when we're thinking about eternal things, we're thinking about um, things that are going to happen after we pass away, we're not supposed to let our hearts be troubled. It says, trust in God, trust also in me. In my Father's house, there are many rooms. And uh, some Bibles translate that mansions, but the word actually means rooms. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. So right now, Jesus is preparing a place for us in heaven. Verse 3, And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. And then Thomas said, in verse 5, 
Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? In verse 6, Jesus answered, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There's only one way to heaven, and it's through Jesus Christ. And um, sometimes people say, oh, there's many paths to heaven. God wouldn't, wouldn't, you know, just have one way to heaven. But God's book, God's written word, says that Jesus Christ is the only way. Another thing, uh, first of all, God, heaven is God's dwelling place. Another thing is that heaven is beyond beautiful. You know, we have been to um, Hawaii and the ocean there is unbelievably beautiful. And, and Cancun, you know, we've been to, it's just so beautiful. We've been to the Rocky Mountains. We've been to um, Grand, uh, the Grand Canyon um, and seen so many absolutely beautiful things. But there's nothing that we have seen that could compare to how beautiful heaven is. Jonathan Edwards said, to pretend to describe the excellence the greatness or duration of the happiness of heaven by the most artful composition of words would be to darken and to cloud it. To talk of raptures and ecstasies, joy and singing is but to set forth very low shadows of reality. So what he's saying is that we in our human uh, imagination, our human description, our human words, there's no way that we could even come close to describing what heaven is going to be like. Well, one thing uh, that's going on in heaven is a whole lot of jewels, a whole lot of gemstones. Um, there's a lot, the book of Revelation says a lot about heaven. So I'm going to read from Revelation 21, verse 9. Uh, Revelation 21, verse 9. It says, Come, I will show you the bride, the Lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. Her light was a most like a most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Verse 19, the foundations of the city walls were decorated with every kind of precious stone. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third chalcedony, the fourth emerald, the fifth, sardonyx. The sixth, carnelian. A lot of things I, I'm not really familiar with. The seventh, chrysolite. The eighth, beryl. The ninth, topaz. The tenth, chrysophase. The eleventh, jacinth. And the twelfth, amethyst. Can you imagine that? There's a lot of foundations of precious jewels in heaven. In uh, verse 21, the twelve gates were twelve pearls, each gate made of a single pearl. I can't even imagine what that would look like. A gate made out of pearl. One pearl. The great street of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. You know, <clears throat> we've seen um, pictures of uh, cities that, like in Russia or in Ukraine, I saw one just the other day, that they have beautiful buildings that have the tops of them coated in, in gold. Um and it's just beautiful. But all the streets in heaven are going to be made of gold, pure gold, like transparent glass. In verse 22, I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. 
The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and the Lamb is its lamp. All the light in heaven is going to emanate from God himself. In another place in the book of Revelation, it says that there's no night in heaven. There's no darkness in heaven. It's all light. Um, another thing about heaven is heaven is really, really loud, and it's full of worship. Loud, the word loud is used in describing events in heaven 21 times in the book of Revelation. So it's not a real quiet place. It's a really loud place. In Revelation uh, 7, verse 9, it says, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude, multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. So that's going to be just a resounding sound throughout heaven, the praises of the Lord. And that's going to be just unbelievably awesome. I can't wait to be part of that. Another thing about heaven is Christians will receive rewards in heaven. In Psalm 31, 19, it says, How great is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you, which you bestow in the sight of men on those who, you, who take refuge in you. You know, we, uh, those who fear the Lord get reward down here on earth, but we also get rewarded in heaven. And the best reward that all believers receive equally is eternal life. And that's a good enough reward all by itself, isn't it? Eternal life is, a, is the greatest reward we, reward we could have. After that, believers get different rewards. Um, and Billy Graham said, heaven doesn't make this life less important. It makes it more important. So what we do here on this earth um, does have some importance in heaven. In 2 Timothy 4, 2 Timothy 4, verse 7, it says, Paul is, Paul is writing this letter to Timothy, and he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now, if you know anything about Paul, Paul had a very difficult life as a Christian. He was uh, beaten. He was hungry. He was cold. He was imprisoned. He was, uh, even, even his fellow Christians turned away from him at times. He had a very, very difficult time as a Christian, but he says he fought the good fight. He finished the race. He kept the faith. And all those difficulties that he had, he kept close to the Lord and he kept loyal and true to the Lord. It says in verse eight, now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness with the, which the Lord, the righteous judge will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but all those who have longed for his appearing. So all of us who long for God's appearing are going to receive a crown of righteousness. Other crowns that are talked about are the crown of life, the crown of righteousness, which I just spoke of, the crown of glory, the crown of, crown of rejoicing, and the soul winner's crown. Those are all, all rewards that people uh, receive when they get to heaven. Uh, for 
living certain ways and doing certain things. The 12 disciples were told by Jesus that they would sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And we see that um, different places, it talks about um, people, Christians who are faithful over things on this earth, that they're going to be put in charge of things in heaven. And we think, oh my gosh, I don't want a responsibility when I go to heaven. Uh, actually, those things are privileges. They're great honors and they're great privileges. Um, Jesus said that those who are persecuted for their faith in Jesus will receive great reward. People will be rewarded for prayer and fasting that's done in private. And um, those are just some of the things. And I just really encourage you to look up reward in the New Testament and see all the things that believers are rewarded for. And it will really encourage you to um, do certain things and live in certain ways here on this earth. Another thing about heaven is it'll be a totally, totally new way of living. It won't resemble anything that we know on this earth. Vance Havner has said, one hour in heaven and we shall be ashamed that we ever grumbled. You know, there's not going to be grumbling and strife and all of that in heaven. And, and that's really hard for our human minds to imagine because, you know, what if in heaven our house, our room or whatever it is, is right next to somebody who maybe did us wrong here on this earth or maybe talked behind our back. You know, those things aren't going to matter when we get to heaven. And, and that's, that's really awesome. In Revelation 20, verse 1, it says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. See, God's going to rejuvenate this earth, and he's going to bring heaven down to this earth. Verse 2, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. Isn't that awesome? Verse 4, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Verse five, he who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. And just think about what a precious promise that is. No more tears, no more sadness, no more death, nothing left to mourn about no crying, no pain. Just think about all the things, aches and pains you have in your body, all the things that you're sorrowful about, all the things that you're, uh, you weep about. Those things are all going to be gone. All the sorrow over a loved one's death, that's all going to be wiped away when heaven comes. And that'll be, oh, such a time of great peace and rejoicing. Another thing about heaven you know, the tree of life is in heaven. In Revelation 22, verse 1, it says, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit in every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations." 
no longer will there be any curse. So in heaven is the tree of life. And it says that uh, its fruit is for the healing of nations and there'll no longer be any curse. And that's just such, so, such a comforting thing to look forward to. When we arrive in heaven, there's no longer any curse. Uh, Billy Graham has said, this leads to a final difference heaven should make because heaven is real we should live every moment for Christ. Life is short. None of us knows how long we have. Live each day as if it were your last. For someday it will be. Peter wrote, since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. If you are ever going to live for Christ, it should be now. That, like I said, that's something that Billy Graham wrote. So I just encourage you, if you've ever lived for Christ, it should be now. You never know which day is your last day. And uh, if you've lived for Christ, if you've given your heart to him, if you put your faith in him as your Lord and Savior, you'll be going to this place, this heaven that I've talked about and it gives us great hope on this earth that we have eternal life in heaven to look forward to. So I hope this has encouraged you. If you've never put your trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I encourage you to do that today. Repent of your sins, turn away from your sins, and put your faith in, in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And then tell somebody about it. Say, hey, I've decided to become a Christian. Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. I just encourage you to do that today. And be sure to let somebody know and let us know too so we can pray for you. We can send you a Bible and we would love to do that. Hey, um, next week, I think I might talk, we talked about the hope of heaven. And so next week I might talk about the horrors of hell because we like to be balanced and there's a good side. And then for those people who do not put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ and get the free gift of heaven, there is a hell that is waiting, and we uh, need to know about it. There's so much said about the hell, about hell in the New Testament. It's you will be shocked how many times hell is talked about in the New Testament. So we want to. Um, we'll pro I'll probably share about that next week because I think that's important to know about too. So God bless you. I hope you have a good week. Get out there and enjoy this beautiful weather. We love you and we care about you and we appreciate you so much. Bye bye.